This is a day where I opened up my DMs just to specifically answer your questions that you have uh, for me. And I want to be able to discuss it here because I really did make this podcast just to connect more with you guys. Because sometimes you can only say so much in the comments. And then sometimes you can only block so much. So here we can actually have a conversation and get a lot deeper with our thoughts and our goals. Well, let's get into some of these questions. Um, Today's session is actually one of my favorites, which is the fam questions. This is where I hop on my Instagram stories and I ask you guys to send in questions. And Marav just sent in one now from, we're going to call her Meow because uh, I don't want to say her name. But basically she said, hey, I really admire your POV and would love if you could speak on the topic of outgrowing friends and how to navigate that difficult, sometimes awkward time, whether it stems from a situation with other friends or just time in general. Thank you in advance. Hanai. Meow. Yo, that getting rid of friends or that growing away from friends is a real thing. I feel Huge. it happens 30, 35, and then definitely 40, right? Because you don't really grow out of friends around your 20s. Well, I, do, you? I grew out of some friends in my late 20s. Um, I, I I feel like that's close enough to, to 30 that it, you could just clump it in with 30. But I think, yeah, you're probably right because you it's these these maturity benchmarks. Maturity you know? benchmarks. I love that. Like a like a life stretch mark. Yes. You're like, I earned that. Yes. And they're not a bad thing. They actually no. show you where you came from. I find that it takes... First of all, a maturity to recognize that somebody is either a weight or a wing. We've mm-hmm. talked about this on the podcast before. If somebody's a weight, you should clip them. And if they're a wing, then they can stay with you and roll on to the next phase of your life. If they're a weight, it depends on the person. You don't always owe everybody an explanation. I think it's okay to also let things drift. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a drifter. If we used to call each other and hang out every Saturday and drink every Friday and go find boys to hook up with every Thursday and I'm not in that life anymore. I can tell you that just to say, hey, I'm not really into that anymore. Do you want to go hiking instead? Do you want to go maybe see a movie? If she or he's not into that, I can go ahead and let us drift. Is That's not considered ghosting to me. I also think it's important to express where you are in your life and open the invitation so that the person doesn't feel left out. But if they aren't ready for that, as long as they know, hey, you, there's nothing personal. You're just doing you. I don't think that you ever have to apologize for that. And sometimes, like, if you're personally going through things that, like, make you feel differently when you're around the people that you were closest to and you feel like you're not yourself or you're feeling like you're, you know, out of place – that could just that could really be you growing and it has nothing to do with with them and their maturity but like because of you and what works for you now it may just not be meshing yeah. the same way it did the one thing i don't like and this is for either people doing it or having it had done to you i don't like when people make you feel guilty for drifting i have a friend who I just kind of went and, and moved on and kind of did life. And if I see her, it's of course it's great. I'm not really free to hang out anymore Thursday, Friday, Saturday like we used to. But, you know, if she sends me a Christmas text, of course I text back. If it's a birthday, I text back. But I also am okay distancing because she's a super party girl. Well, she sent me a text message basically 
berating me on text, just saying, you know, I, I'm surprised. This doesn't seem like you. It makes me feel like our friendship was fake. I don't appreciate that you don't come and hang out anymore. You could at least drop a line to say if you aren't friends with me anymore because I don't appreciate this type of, um, this type of, you know. Communication. It didn't work right, for her. Right, right. And I, I, I understand that basically her underlying message is that she's hurt and we're not hanging out the way she's used to. But I also don't feel like I should be guilt tripped into feeling bad. Do you know what I mean? Um, the the over assumption of, oh, so it's going to be like that, huh? Well, guess what? I didn't expect for you to be one of those people. So, you know, if it's going to be like that, fine. So anybody who's doing that to somebody else, I think it's always better to call or have a front face to face confrontation. If you feel like somebody's distance. Ask open-ended questions rather than assuming they've distanced. Hey, how's everything going? I haven't seen you lately. Is everything okay? Um, what is it that you, you like to do nowadays? If we were to hang out, you know, what kind of plans can I make? Because I'd love to see you. Keep it open-ended. If she had hit me up like that, I might have actually gone and hung out with her again. And we might have found some new things that we like to do. But because she started in right away on, you know what? You used to be a certain way. And... I don't think that you're the same anymore. And now I feel like you are just blowing me off. Immediately, I actually don't even want that energy in my life. And then it reminds me why I didn't want to hang out with you in the first place. So any friends out there who think of doing that to a friend, I'm just telling you it's not the right angle to go. Now, if you receive that, for me, what I did was send a text message back that was very just very um, straightforward. So it didn't get read into. No, period. Actually, quite the opposite. I've just been really busy and I choose not to hang out as much anymore. So if there's things that you'd like to do that aren't so much drinking and, and hanging out late at night, I'm game. But otherwise, girl, I wake up at four in the morning and it's not about that life anymore. So I was saying that left it open for her to kind of respond. I'll let you know if she texts during the session. <laughs> but right? Like, I don't think you should, you should guilt trip yeah. people, man. What is that? No, that's that's a that was a really proper answer, I think. Is that a girl mm -hmm. thing, by the way? I And not to, mm -hmm. you know, I don't want to like, Put us in a box, but do guys do that? Um, not my friends, but my friends are pretty perfect. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, I don't think guys um, count little details like oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Guys, you can not see each other yeah. for like a year, and you guys see each other. You're like, hey, what's up? Yeah. Girls yeah. have a lot more dependent friendships, though. I'd dependent, say that's the word. You know, it's like a lot more. It's like even how girls go to the bathroom together. It's uh, you know. Do you guys like, ever wonder that? By the way, what mm, we're doing in there? Yeah. Well, you just guys are all showing each other our tits, <laughs> yeah. you know, comparing safer, asses. I, guess. I thought it's safer, right? Well, it's a lot also of rapists over there or something. I don't know. Well, if you're at a really nice restaurant, it, you'd still be like, "Hey, you want to go to the bathroom with me?" If you're on a, uh, if you're with friends, not on a date, because yeah. it's not like there's gonna be a rapist <laughs> at like the five star Michelin restaurant oh, bathroom. But yeah. who knows? Um, it's just like I think that girls, they there's a lot more dependent on the that support of one another example, yeah. even if it's like oh will you go to the mall with me because i don't want to be seen shopping alone a boy will be like i'm gonna go to target and buy socks yeah i don't want anybody to go with yeah, me right, you know right. oh, i'll tell you what i thought about though like um when i was younger i was like hey are are is our friendships gonna break up like that and my 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 best friends they were just like yeah everything just basically becomes your marriage or whatever so you kind of see you know what I mean? that's like very common mm -hmm. it is common once you start your own family or whatever yes yeah. i do think you should have your own family but i don't think that you should have to lose touch with your friends because mm -hmm. of your marriage like the 
but the best marriage should be the one that embraces your friendships, right? As long as your friendships aren't whack. Like you shouldn't have guys that are trying to tell, still take you to strip clubs while you're married right. or getting you into trouble with your wife at home. But if your friends are, again, kind of respectful to the fact that you are now a married man, so you guys can still have your dude nights, whatever you do, yeah. but just don't get him in trouble when he gets home, right? Sure. Yeah, and it's important still to like make alone time with your friends, I Dude, think, when you're married. Because like, for example- So oh, important. That's actually, speaking of growing distance from your friendships, like this like this uh, follower of yours asked, one of my my best friend, we kind of had, a, uh, we've grown apart because she, ever since she got married, I can't get her alone. She brings her, her husband no matter what. And with I'm or like, without telling you? Yes, or, or if it's like we make plans, it's like, oh yeah, coming oh yeah. great oh shit i mean yeah. can you bleep that out <laughs> okay we're yeah, at nobody's yeah. name um but oh like, shit yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> um that's so anyways but the point we'll is like, you're like i like i love your your husband with you you're great i support you but like i don't want to talk to him about you like my yeast infection have you tried saying which you should get that checked um, <laughs> just kidding it's, it's handled right now right, don't worry. right. <laughs> but what if you have you tried saying hey i can't you know what how about a girls night this friday so that he doesn't come along and, and that she gets the message no that doesn't work that will work for the one hour of attention span that she has away from him that's the other problem it's like if he's not with her she has no stamina Hey, what's it? It's like it's like this need to get back. We were oh, talking about stamina. That's actually mm-hmm, a good word. Mm-hmm. They're also a very dependent couple. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I know totally what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so right, they're t- totally dependent too. Never seen them. Okay, away so from each Dennis other. is mentioning a couple of friends of mine who are always together. However, they own that they would rather be with each other mm-hmm. along with other people or none at all. Yeah, they it's crazy. do not spend time apart. I don't think that is unhealthy if they do it together. I think that they just really like each other, which I think is the ultimate healthiest type of relationship, right? Right. And if you wanted uh, to for, hang out with one of them me, alone, yeah. yeah, we no. Uh, well, we just don't. I don't. I don't. I think I like them as a couple. Like, I think they're fucking yeah. awesome. Yeah. And some people, yeah. those are the best people when you love a couple yes. together. Yes. Like so much. You know, that's uh, the what best. What are we driving at here, Marav? I'm just saying. What are we driving at? I'm just at saying here, it's man? great. And I know, Jeannie, if you were to ask one of your friends who they're always together, you said, "Hey, uh, Bob, I really want to hang out with you alone." right now they would do it and yeah. you don't think that he would have like a time limit either oh. you know that's what i'm talking about where it's like oh you do that and then together. there's like a there's a there's like a time that she has to be home then yes and it's not like from him oh. it's from her maybe you're the party girl <laughs> maybe, yeah, he's maybe, about maybe you she just really her, doesn't want to hang out with me <laughs> yeah maybe like you're a bad influence i am you actually know. the always party right. girl though i'm definitely the one yeah. that's going to be more likely to coerce my friends to go to a club we're all shocked. she burns a candle yeah yeah i, I mean it's, it's, I mean, it's never too late to have a thoughty moment, right? It's just called a moment. Okay, I have another question that is coming from Dee Dee. Let's call her Dee Dee. And she says, Jeannie, when you went to L.A., what was the hardest struggle to begin your career? When you went to L.A., what was the hardest struggle? To be really honest, I don't recall one particular hard struggle they all had their own challenges even today i feel like i go day by day by day hour by hour by hour working my career and there's always a challenge but you just kind of push through it and break it apart that's what i feel like happens and if it doesn't work out 
that you've already got five or six other things that you're percolating to make happen that you don't concentrate so much on that one big deal. Um, when it comes to physical struggles, I can say now looking back that I definitely got sucked into the vortex of image in L.A. In L.A., I remember that I came here weighing about a buck 28. And for the most part of my career, if you Google me, like maybe two years ago, I weighed about 100. Always. It was about when I did How Do I Look, I weighed about 100 pounds, maybe 103 at most. When I started the first few seasons of The Real, about 100 pounds. Now I'm about 115, 18. And that's because I learned that I was malnutritioning myself. And when it comes to LA, I noticed that when I was getting styled or when you sidle up to saddle up, whatever, you get up next to somebody to take pictures. People always comment on your frame when you're small. So when you fit in everything, they're always like, wow, you're so tiny. You're a sample size. Mm. That's like the gold size. Like you don't have yeah. to alter anything. It comes right off the mannequin and it fits you and you can go return it. So I, you're a sample size. You're a sample size. Wow. And then, you know, when you stand next to women or women might say, you're tiny. Oh, my God. How do you stay so tiny? They'll ask all these tips. And then guys will just say like, oh, my God, you're, you weigh like 100 pounds. Like, wow, you're you're, you're just, hella little. Yeah, you're hella little. <laughs> And so it sounds like a compliment. All of a sudden you start working to be that. And so I used to, I mean, you know, now that I look at it, it was obviously an eating disorder, but I never ate past seven. I never had more than like two French fries. Dennis, you remember when I never ate anything late. Yeah. And I always just stuck to small thing, no carbs. Yeah. Do you remember that? I remember because you used to like just uh, look at me like when I ate a lot of bacon. And stuff. I, I was gorged, right? I would just, you know, like a what is it called a spread let's have a spread right yeah you'd have yeah. a little buffet on yeah. your lap yeah yeah and um dude you were like really like are you gonna eat the whole bacon you, you'd always like try to get me to avoid the fat and so right, like, right. Like, who's who has it, time for that so you i saw that consciousness in you and now that you're saying you're saying how you your perspective how la had you like now okay now because we we live separately at the time that's right then, that's yeah. right dennis just kind of moved into my life he um Waited until I got a podcast and decided to jump back into this world. But I now looking back, I worked so hard and got so caught up in what L.A. makes you feel you should be that I didn't even realize I had an eating disorder. So obviously, when your health is jeopardized because of your work, that's never a good place. So I would say that was my greatest struggle that I didn't even know was a struggle. All to say you can be in a challenging place and not even know it. One of them I think I slip in and out of all the time is being a workaholic. I work a lot and I, I it's because I love it, but I also just don't know how to stop because I've worked, what, since Vietnamese, we've, I've worked since I was nine years old with my Uncle Jesse at his jewelry store and at his salon. And so I would say that that was my hardest struggle because I didn't even realize it was one until it was too late and, and I was malnutritioning myself. We're going to take a break, but we'll be right back with more fam questions. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back, honey. Okay, we are having my fam questions answered today. I love these days when we get to bust open the questions with the fams, by the way. I just want you guys to know that I do read and Marav, who is here on deck, helps me save all the questions. So even if I don't answer them now, they'll be answered sometime later on. So this comes from, we'll call her Ruru. And she says, have you met your dad's boo yet? Obviously, you watch my show, Hello, Hanai. Um, in an f- episode a few weeks ago, my dad revealed to me that he's been dating somebody for over 10 years, and he hasn't shown us or introduced us to his girlfriend, and my brother shared a story, my brother here on, on 
the mic on the ones and twos. No, it's not ones and twos. These are mics. But um, my brother revealed that he ran into my dad and her, her, her his boo in a parking lot where my dad proceeded to pretend that he didn't see my brother and just reverse out of the parking lot with the woman in question beside him. He shook it. Yeah, right, I right. So have you met your dad's boo yet? I haven't, and I'm really bummed when I answer this question because we are set to go to Vietnam this March, but this friend of mine is really getting the way. His name is Mr. Corona, and so Mr. Corona is not leaving the building. He seems to be kind of filtering in in everybody's health system, so until he leaves, we may not go to Vietnam, and if we don't go to Vietnam, I won't meet this woman because my dad was going to take her with us, and I was about to record the whole motherfucking thing on camera. Wow. Because I just... I just think it's amazing that my dad has been dating somebody for 10 years and never told me or told us or and San Jose's small I mean you did yeah. run into her so that's kind of one thing right no um that story's so everybody has okay now I, I want <laughs> to the right to privacy <laughs> that's what my Staunch. brother kept saying everybody Staunch. has the right to privacy but and then the as, whole, and I, it's I, hard because then everyone was laughing their asses off after you tell the story so now wait, I want to tell it again <laughs> wait I want to ask this though as a child of my dad as his daughter do I have the right to know he's dating somebody at ten years? Is that is that something I can ask for or no? Do I do I not have that right? He doesn't owe me. Like, how does that work? Because I think that out of respect, especially if they move forward and maybe if they get married or even if they're partners or if she wants to be in our life, I feel like it's better to introduce the person so that there's no there's no friction. You right. never want friction with your daughter and your new girlfriend. Yeah, and for all you know, his girlfriend is like, why haven't you introduced me to your kids? Are you embarrassed of me? Blah, blah, blah. Right. You know, it's like, it goes both ways. Where yeah. you're like, you know. And then I see Dennis's side where he's an adult. He's a grown <laughs> yeah. man. He doesn't owe anybody an answer. And she may not want to hang out with me. We may not need to be at dinners together for Thanksgiving. 100%. Now, the X factor is mama my. You know what I mean? Everything else is cool until you introduce that X factor and it just, you never know which way it could go. Very true. So, so uh, the bottom line is everyone has their uh, deserves to be happy and they uh, can fi- carve out their own um, like piece of heaven. Thank you, Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I have a person here who wants to know, uh, how come there's no uh, information on the shaman, Nano? Thank you for asking. How do we that, get in touch? That's a real fan right there who listened <laughs> to Listen Honey. We didn't offer the information to Nano, the shaman who will be uh, trying out when we do our ayahuasca experience because he wants to remain private. So if anybody wants information to Nano, the shaman that was featured on Listen Honey, go to any of my Listen Honey posts, the most recent one is best, and comment that you would like to be connected with Nano. What I will do is get your personal name and number. I will pass it to his people. They will vet you out, make sure that you're not a narc, and um, and then contact you. <laughs> yeah. Because honestly, as a shaman, he has to be careful for his business because ayahuasca isn't legal everywhere. He does it in Peru, and so we just want to respect his business because I don't want anybody shady coming after him, and I'm not... And I right. promise, guys, uh, we're going to get this Listen Honey uh, IG up so that we can get this conversation going so it's not like, it doesn't feel like a uh, one-way street. Absolutely. So we have another question here. Okay. You've achieved so much in your career. What is next? Thank you. You know, it's funny that you look at it that way as far as having achieved a lot. I don't look at it that way. I look at what is next that I want to do. I don't look at it like, oh, I've done that, so it, it it's just done. 
Um, there's so many different ways to do the types of jobs I have, whether it's communicating with people, it could be on a YouTube series or a podcast. Both are completely different. And one doesn't make me feel like I'm done communicating with people. Um, when it comes to hosting and entertaining, I've even though I've hosted galas and awards and red carpets, it doesn't mean that I've hosted a really cool women's march or an exciting school event, you know, or maybe a huge anti-trafficking auction. There are a lot of things that I still want to do that flexes my skills in different ways. So for me, as long as I'm communicating with people to be better, to be stronger, to be more empowered, to be more united, celebrating life in you know, the different parts of my job, I'm going to be happy. So whether it's YouTube or podcasts um, or writing a book one day, I will never stop wanting to connect with people and women out there just to feel um, empowered to go do more in your own individual life, you know? And there are things like creating a fashion line, which would be cool. But to be honest with you, fashion is really saturated. And unless it's a very specific way that I can put my signature in the fashion industry, I wouldn't want to do it because I already think we have a lot of great things. And I don't want to tear my hair out at night wondering how I can be different from the entire Target selection of everyday wear. And I would like to make a capsule collection of something unique, but I don't want to It's not a big enough desire of mine to go and create seasonal collections, you know. Um, So partnering with somebody where I could just help cultivate and help curate designs would be something more along my lines. But pattern making and creating a whole uh, vision of a new concept, a new brand, a new storyline behind our clothing brand is not my cup of tea. I will say there are a couple things that I would want to do on my own. Like my own, I would like to host my own talk show, my own travel show. I would love to also be a part of some type of skit- sitcom. I love yeah. watching sitcoms and I really feel like I missed out from the Disney era of Disney kids. I would have loved to be some fucking Disney character, like a or you know some some type of reoccurring Sesame Street, like the Asian girl that lived down the block from Oscar the Grouch or something. I would have been amazing because yeah. yeah. I'm super animated and and I love just really connecting with people. And I think kids don't know how to connect well. I could have taught them. Cousin Jeannie would have been that girl that made eye contact and really asked you introspective questions. She would have been cool. She would have, you know, did body slams into Big Bird. It would be great. I just want to say, you and Big Bird would have been chilling. Yes. So I really want to thank everybody for today's session. This was awesome. I loved all the questions that were sent in. Please look out for the next fam questions that we have where I will be sending out a message on my DM so you guys can send in more questions. Thank you for subscribing. And... I'm going to go take a nap, and I really appreciate you guys for tuning in. Bye.